It's the Locked On Canes podcast where it's all about the you. My name is Fred Purdue. I'm one of your hosts, and I got my boy Cam Underwood. I got to say, man, this this whole LeBron D. Wade type of thing is going really well. Let's keep it going. What's going on, man? I mean, as long as you know that I'm LeBron because you was here already, and then I came on, and then things started popping. But I'm good. You know, you hey, can man, find me at Underwood Sports, uh, you know, on Twitter and everything. But we good? Hey, yeah, we good. We good. I, I love. I, I'm good being Wade County. I, I love it. I love it. I throw you lobs. Just make sure you just – Hey, can we can we keep dunking on Florida State if we do it that way? I mean, ain't, you know, can't stop, won't stop. Rockefeller <laughs> Records, baby, we <laughs> get down. Exactly. So go ahead, throw it up there. I like it. I like it. So make sure you guys go follow us on Twitter uh, at Locked On Canes. Make sure you send us your Friday mailbag questions. You can leave the hashtag LOC Mailbag. We'll answer those questions on Friday. Uh, make sure you go follow myself on Twitter, Fred Purdue CFB Kim. Let them know where they can find you real quick. At Underwood Sports. All right, so we got the formalities out of the way. So we are going to be, we have a jam-packed show today. We're talking Louisville, right? But before we get into breaking this whole team down, we're going to tear it all the way down from coaching staff to offense to defense, special teams. You know how we do. We have to game, you have to know your opponent as well as you know yourself. But before we get into that, we got a little bit of news and notes. Um, A former legacy player, one that has a little, he tugs at the heartstrings because He's my favorite Miami Hurricane. A one Sean Taylor, his brother, has received a his first FBS offer. Gulliver Prep, 5'10", 170. Uh, I don't want to get too happy. Cam, what say you? Yeah, so Gabe Taylor, you know, from Gulliver Prep, obviously Sean Taylor's brother. Uh, you know, he has some talent, and I think that he can be a football player at the next level. I just don't think that he's necessarily a Miami caliber guy. Um, and I hate to say it because, you know, obviously you wish him well, you know, his whole family history with his brother, you know, unfortunately losing his life way too early and things like that. Uh, but, yeah, you know, it's it's been tough for Miami in recruiting legacy players, you know, whose, you know, older family members came here and played well. You know, over the course of time, we were talking about this right before uh, we started recording, the best legacies of this quote-unquote generation are probably Anthony Ciccolo, Pat Bethel, and Scott Patchen. And, you know, they're good guys and they're decent players, but nobody's all Americans like, you know, their older family members. And I think it's a similar thing like with with Gabe Taylor. So I wish him well and I'm glad to see that he's finally getting scholarship offers. But I don't think that Miami is the fit for him on the football field moving forward. You know, the numbers look good as far as statistics, but stats don't tell you everything. I'm actually watching as we speak. I'm watching the film. He has decent instincts decent feet but he just doesn't size wise he just doesn't look the part and quite honestly Miami is now they're moving towards more of that SEC style bigger bigger stronger faster player I mean if you look at how uh Gervin Hall looks I mean you know he doesn't look like he doesn't look like a guy that plays in the ACC He looks like a guy that plays in the SEC. Same thing, uh, even guys of yesteryear, uh, Sheldrick Redwine. This all started with Mark Rick, that change of player. And body type matters. I mean, at the end of the day, you want that height, weight, speed guy that happens to develop into a very skilled football player. So, um, it's, it's nothing against him. But I don't. I really just don't want Ray Lewis's kid anymore. I don't necessarily. I don't want any of that anymore. Just because your 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 parent was a very or your brother was a really good player at Miami, 
doesn't necessarily mean you will be. And you can make your legacy somewhere else. It just can't be at the U. Right. And I mean, that, that's what we're saying, really. Uh, you know, and like there are those outliers. And I know people are going to say, you know, a South Florida three stars, a five star everywhere else. Maybe, but not necessarily everybody, first of all. And, you know, it's a thing where you have to have a clear idea of what you're looking for at every position. And like Fred said, look, you have to have, you know, height, weight, speed at, at the forefront because this is an athletic endeavor. So height, weight and speed matter. You know, um, so, yeah, you know, I, like I said, I, I think that and, and the other thing I was going to say, if you are not a like physical freak of nature, a Sean Taylor, got rest his soul, a Joe Jackson, a Robert Burns coming from Gulliver Prep, the likelihood that you're going to be very, very good at the next level is pretty low. You know, that's why, I mean, Gulliver Prep, they're a smaller school. They don't play great competition. You don't have many guys going from there at a you know, basically, quote-unquote, medium-sized player uh, moving forward. You know, Cedric Wright was a safety who signed here, and then he left. Haven't heard from him. Deontay Mullins was a wide receiver who signed here and also went to Gulliver Prep in that same class, left here. Haven't heard from him. There's a reason for that. So, again, you know, wish Gabe Taylor all the best. Glad to see him, you know, finally playing football, because I think this is his first year playing, by the way. Uh, so, uh, you know, good that he's doing that, good that he's playing well. Uh, but, you know, I wish him well elsewhere at the next level yeah no it, it's it's not personal strictly business and speaking of business we have a bit of a it's, it's a home game and but it's always a business trip anytime someone comes into hard rock we got to send them home with an L so we're going to be breaking down this whole Louisville Cardinals team which has gone through a bit of a change throughout the last not only the last couple years since we played them last but also Throughout this season, I mean, you the last time we played these guys, Brad Kyle was a freshman, if I remember correctly. True story. It was the season opener. And yeah, that was, season that opener. That was a back-to-back thing because we had played them in Orlando in the bowl game. Exactly. To end the year prior. So we got two beatdowns at their hands uh, in pretty quick succession there. Yeah, it, it wasn't all that great. I mean, it, Brad Kyle looked okay for a freshman, but and, and I'm a, I'm more of a, a bigger fan of him than his time here. I kind of wish he would have stayed for that senior year; would have made things a little bit easier. But we all know everyone wanted a mobile quarterback, and well, we got a mobile court. We got exactly what we asked for, and well, we're still kind of mad three years later. I mean, Mark Rick wanted something a little bit different, and I think that Brad Kaya knew that, and that's why, yeah, you know, he decided to go elsewhere, but. Uh, you're move on with uh, you know his his career in life and everything. So yeah, yeah. So we have uh, let's let's kind of start it off. We can kind of start it off with the the coaching staff. Scott Sutterfield. He comes over from App State, and you know this isn't when we say App State. This isn't the same App State that knocked off Michigan, but it is the same App State that really, really, really made you Penn State folks out there really, really nervous. And the offense is one of – his offense is very, very a physical, run-heavy type of offense. I mean, he has players. I mean, he inherited a pretty good roster. And I'm, I got to say, I'm impressed from what I've seen, which I, I, I haven't seen a ton of this team early because, quite honestly, they weren't that great. But what I, what I have seen is they can put up points. And what I've seen about Scott Sutterfield is his teams put up points with a tough, physical, strong running game. Yeah, man. And that's uh, going to be 
uh, item number one to stop is going to be the running game. So, you know, Javian Hawkins is a freshman for them, already has almost 900 yards, mm-hmm. uh, averaging 111 yards a game. You know, uh, they have quarterbacks who can move. Uh, also, you can do some trick plays, uh, you know, some reverses, some... Um, you know, uh, jet sweep and things like that, uh, because they do have that those guys on offense. Um, but yeah, you know, Scott Satterfield. We did. Uh, Miami went up to Appalachian State as the only or the biggest team ever to go there to play them in Boone and blew them out in uh, Brad Kaya's sophomore year, Amon Richards's freshman year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that was the game when Mark uh, Walton took a quote unquote big hit in the hole on the first play and then shrugged that off and then went 80 yards and danced in the end zone. That was nice. I do remember um, that. Yeah, you know, so th- that was good, but you know, they they do have a good coaching staff. So Satterfield is a, a guy with a clear style. Uh, you know, your offense is going to be a little bit multiple. It's going to be run based, run heavy, play action. Uh, you know, guys are going to move around the offense in different ways, whether that's motion before the snap, whether that's a combination of the way that they block. Um, after the snap, uh, so that's good. Uh, and he has a clear vision for how to improve this program and has already done that because Louisville was a dumpster fire last year under uh, Bobby Petrino. They quit on him, they played absolutely terribly. And you know, even being settled and decent is such a huge step in the right direction for that program. So shout out to Scott Satterfield for that. And the staff that he brought in is pretty decent. You have, uh, you know, Court Dennison back uh, as a co-defensive coordinator, Brian Brown being the defensive coordinator, Dwayne Ledford as the offensive coordinator, uh, and offensive line coach to help run the system that Satterfield wants to do. So you have guys who have been around uh, college football for a while. They know what they're doing, and he's worked uh, – sorry, Satterfield has worked with a lot of these guys, so they understand how they fit in the greater scheme of the paradigm of the program. So that gives them – just a, a more solid foundation than what they had before. So, yeah, this is not going to be a team that really comes in here and beats themselves. And when I look throughout their coaching staff, just going back and doing my, my research on this team, um, I, I, one thing I noticed was that name, uh, Dwayne Ledford. I said, why do I just off initial name recognition, why do I notice this name so much? And going back, that NC, those NC State teams from the last couple of years putting up big numbers. I mean, Jalen Samuels was a really good running back back at NC State, and he's a big part of why. I mean, you have an offensive line guy as your offensive coordinator. That's I mean, it goes hand in hand with what they're wanting to do on offense. So uh, being able to not only run the ball but also be strong at the point of attack, the philosophy that they have, they're going to stick to their guns. They're not going to become some magically become some passing team because they're playing a team that's maybe a little bit bigger or maybe a little bit faster. Uh, but Louisville's always had those guys, those Florida guys, I mean, throughout time. I mean, they find ways. They get these guys that maybe Miami may pass on. There may be a three, like you said earlier, a three-star guy in Florida might be a five-star guy for someone else. So you know, you look at the talent that this team has. It's not going to be an easy game simply because you're Miami and you beat Florida State. You have a good coaching staff on the other side. Yeah, yeah, you know, and there's a bunch of guys on this roster for Louisville who are from South Florida. You know, guys, Emily Spence from uh, Flanagan. You have uh, Tutu Atwell from Miami Northwestern. I mean, obviously, he's the one who's making the plays for them uh, or making more plays than anybody else on offense. Uh, So you know him. Devontae Pete, um, 
is a fifth-year senior from St. Thomas Aquinas. I'm sure that there's a couple other. Oh, Robert Hicks on defense from Miami Central. There's another couple guys uh, of that nature uh, from South Florida who have gone up there. Chandler Jones is a defensive back. I believe he's starting this year at corner. So, yeah, there's a lot of South Florida flavor on there. And, yeah, you know, those quote-unquote second-tier guys. Not your everybody's All-American, but again, you know, Tutu Atwell is listed at 5'9". I've stood next to Tutu Atwell. There's no way that he's 5'9". No, <laughs> zero, 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 zero. Zero chance. I mean, zero chance, absolutely. I mean, I would say he's closer to 5'6 than he is to 5'9". I mean, like, he's, no, he's tiny, but he's fast and he makes plays. So, yeah, you know, it's going to be a, an interesting kind of a game, and, I, you know, I think that through the early part of this season, Miami has learned that the name on the front of the jersey is not scaring anybody. Otherwise, these games, you know, against teams that were inferior in terms of talent. Just go ahead and say it, Mich- Central Michigan. Just stop throwing well, shots. <laughs> I wasn't, no, I wasn't even thinking about them. I'm thinking about games that we lost because we won the Central Michigan game. You know what I mean? Yeah. But Virginia Tech, Georgia Tech, even Central Michigan came in here and they weren't scared of, quote-unquote, Miami. So that by itself should have proven to this team that you got to go out there and earn it. So if you want to win, if you want to, you know, dominate and dance on them and all those kind of things, you have to go out there and make those plays. And then at the end of the game, like against Florida State last week, because we beat them for the third time in a row, then you can dance on the sideline. Definitely. Now, Scott Satterfield is an offensive coach, and so everyone loves offense. So we'll kind of start there in a sec. All right, so – this offense, we we know what they want to do. We know their philosophy. You're going to get a ton of the run game out of three, four, and five wide receiver sets. You're going to see a lot of misdirection. You're going to see uh, a lot of the short passing game become part of the extension of the running game, which is basic football, honestly. I mean, you're not going to, there's very few teams in college football or professional football or any football that you ever have, have ever seen that just rely completely on the deep ball uh, or explosive play, what, I, what we call explosive plays 20, 20 yards or more. That's just not, and that's just unrealistic. Uh, so this team is doing exactly what the spread offense is meant to do. Spread you out, sideline to sideline, make you miss in space, which Miami has done a lot of. How does this, how does Miami combat this? Because they have, I mean, even with the the quarterback change to Malik Cunningham, I mean, you, you really have to be cognizant of every piece on the table. Yeah, you do. And I just ran the stats, uh, really quickly. Louisville has run the ball 358 times this year. They've passed the ball 188. So that's literally a two-to-one run-to-pass ratio. So expect to defend the run early and often throughout this game. The thing is, Miami has to get pressure up front, uh, you know, and just continue to wreak havoc, which is the staple of a Manny Diaz defense. Now that it's coordinated by Blake Baker, it's the same defense because it was the scheme that Manny Diaz brought here. So... That's the first thing. You have to win at the point of attack. That's going to be tough on Louisville's offensive left side because Makai Becton is a literal mountain of a man. He's six foot seven, three hundred and sorry, let me see what he's listed at. Uh, six seven three sixty nine. Uh, so yeah, he's huge and has not allowed a sack on the left side. So I know that I have, was talking about. Uh, the run defense or the yeah as opposed to the pass rush or anything but you still got to deal with the mountain over there at left tackle so you got to figure out ways to do that maybe even twist uh you know the line do a little te hunt action uh and then just bring guys from the second level down whether that's the striker on the outside or one of the linebackers so you really got to just play downhill read your run keys and fill those you know holes really well 
is yeah. the first thing. And then you just really let uh, your, your athleticism and, and scheme on the back end play well when it's time to defend the pass. You know, when I look at when I and you know when I look at how that offensive line looks, I mean, again, I saw I mean, this is a tale of two halves of this season because you go from Jawan Pass at quarterback where you you're expecting. I I mean, I even remember Lamar Jackson saying the former Louisville quarterback saying Jawan Pass is going to be a good quarterback, and usually when those guys say that, they're typically not. But Jawan Passes, he was okay. He, was a, he wasn't Lamar Jackson, and I guess that's what you're expecting when you hear a, a, for, a future NFL player say that. There's going to be just as good or better. But uh, when I look at this team offensive line-wise, they, they're just sound. And typically teams that are very sound, funda- they stick to their fundamentals. They, I mean, it's every single play looks the same. Every zone blocking scheme looks the same. Play to play, guys are doing their job. And they're not trying to just go out and be a, a superstar, play hero ball. And a lot of team, a lot of guys do that in college football. It's it's very rare that you don't see it. But some guys just they just want to do their own thing. So uh, what I like about their offensive line, especially that left tackle, um, he's a mountain of a man. He's gonna be a problem once he goes to the next level. If he loses a little weight, I think he could get a little stiff in the hips. But uh, for the run game purposes, he does he fits exactly what you're looking for as far as body type nasty nasty streak I would even be willing to kick him inside a little uh at least at the next level I'd be willing to kick him inside a little and say look you are the best run blocker on our team and say go get that guy just go open up a hole that's what he does I don't know about that especially just because you know at being six seven almost six eight and three seventy tackles are hard to come by this is I mean, true look at the look at the miami roster how we're still i mean the offensive line is better but what has been the push in recruiting still and the the mentality mm-hmm. we need tackles not interior guys so if at all possible i would say leave him more on the outside maybe flip him from left to right at the nfl level but this is true yeah, i mean makai beckton is definitely an nfl player um you know, and going to be a pretty decent draft, you know, decently high draft pick this year coming out. So uh, it's going to be, you know, tough to combat against that. And Louisville is a team that probably runs outside zone run plays the best of anybody in America. And if you remember when Miami played Appalachian State, that was a staple of their offense. Mm-hmm. So it's something that we've seen, which is, and in the recent past, we've seen it. So that's good. So we know what we're kind of going against. But, you know, Louisville does have a quality of or caliber of athlete that's a little higher than Appalachian State so you really do have to uh, you know be on your P's and Q's especially if you get somebody like Tutu Atwell uh, in space in the passing game you know he can make you hurt definitely and the one thing I and I know I guess I will say this when it comes to that zone, outside zone play uh, it's all about stretching it out it's you have to continuously st- stretch that play out because you have to stretch those linemen out because if you don't Running back's going to stick his foot in the ground, and he's gone. He can easily be gone for six. Uh, for for a lot of those, for a lot of us, we they, we watch the NFL game and we see it. Equate it to the Mike Shanahan offense. If you've ever seen the Terrell Davises of the world, uh, and even I hate mentioning him because he's a Florida State guy, but. Um, Dalvin Cook. I mean, he's in the in the Minnesota Vikings. You get really good running backs who may not have a ton of wiggle, but. They're just straight line runners. All you really have to do is let them go find a hole. And if they can just stick their foot in the ground, find a hole, they're gone. And 
it's one of the most it's one of the more basic schemes that you can find when it comes to running game but quite honestly I think for most young linemen they prefer it that way especially if they're very nimble because all you really have to do is just open up a hole and just down block on guys it's really 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 simple and it's really simple to coach also no I mean you're you're definitely right about that so I mean these are all things that I hope that the staff is taking into account as they're preparing for uh you know the offense that Louisville will present and then as with any good run offense you basically just build your play action off mm-hmm. of run action exactly. so you you know you do it and it looks the exact same as oh we're running outside zone to the boundary cool except for that you know quarterback sticks the ball out there in his left hand tucks it on his hip turns out a naked bootleg to the other side and all of a sudden you have play action you know, but up front, it looks the exact same as a run. So, yeah, it's going to be, uh, I mean, a little bit of a test, but I think one that Miami should, you know, be able to stand up to. And just to piggy, piggyback off of what you just said, the one thing that a, an offense like this predicates itself off of is they want a really aggressive defense, which Manny Diaz and company pride themselves on having a very aggressive defense. But being aggressive, you also have to – your eye discipline has to be very, very good because of that, pulling that ball back out on play action, bootlegging the other way, and just having a wide-open guy running down the sidelines on the opposite side of the field. I've seen a many a wheel route running back, uh, running front side after uh, a, a nice, nice uh, outside zone play action bootleg. It is one of those things. It is a thing of beauty, and I've seen so many teams do it. And it works almost flawlessly if you can block it properly. Yeah, I mean, and blocking is the key. So, uh, yeah, those things. And, you know, even when Bobby Petrino was there, the wheel route was heavy in rotation in Mm -hmm. Louisville because that's a staple of his offense. So I'm sure that those things are going to be in there. And, yeah, again, you know, if you are able to stop the run game or curtail it a little bit, then you put them in just dictated regular standard passing uh, situations where, you know, early in the year you remember – uh, when Miami was running play action on third and 13 and the opposing defenses were like, <laughs> yeah, anyways, and just went straight up the field. That, you know, same kind of a thing, hopefully Miami will be able to enact because you stop or limit the run game for Louisville enough where out on third and nine, you're not going to believe that they're going to run a stretch play. It's really just going to be play action. So you take away one of the variables that you're going to look, uh, look for on defense. Definitely. Now, we love everyone loves offense, but um, defense is one of those things, at least at some places, at places like the U where we actually play defense, uh, it's a thing. It's, a, it's what you really build your team off of. Louisville, not so much. They are, comp- they are an offensive juggernaut type of team. Uh, they may do it a little bit different, but they are that. Defensively, not so great. What say you on this defense? Their defense is bad, um, and – you know, you do have some guys who are there. Uh, like I said, Court Dennison especially, that was the big get for them uh, as a co-defensive coordinator to come back uh, and also help well, with the scheme and recruiting. But right now there is just a, a deficit of talent for them uh, on defense, and that's why, you know, even with another offensive coach, so, you know, you've had three or four offensive coaches in a row after Charlie Strong left, um, you know, the goal for them is to outscore people. And that is the thing, uh, you know, in the defense, they try to be opportunistic. They try to, you have to gamble a little bit more when you're not necessarily good. And I think that Louisville does that on defense. 
because they know, you know, if push comes to shove, the offense can probably go out there and put up more points. Uh, you know, like they put up 62 against Wake Forest and needed every single one of them to win the game. Like that was a one-score game at the end. And you think, oh, if we put up 62 points, we're going to win by, you know, two, three, four touchdowns. Nate, nope, not Louisville. So, you know, there are plays that are going to be there to be made for Miami's offense, and you just have to take advantage of those, uh, find ways to, get, again, like we've been saying all year, scheme open your guys, get the bo- them the ball in space. So guys like a Mark Pope, D. Wiggins, Jeff Thomas, DJ Dallas, Brevin Jordan, if he plays, whoever, they have ability to, you know, impact the game in the space that the defense is inevitably going to give them because Louisville's just not a lockdown defensive team like that. Now, what I expect from this team, uh, from this Miami team, that they can attack is that secondary because, quite honestly, what I saw against Florida, Florida State's a better, they're better athletically than Louisville on the defensive side in that secondary. Uh, and I just keep these the clips that I'm watching as we're, we're kind of talking here, they, they, give, they prove everything. Um, guys like Mark Pope on those deep post routes, uh, guys like D. Wiggins, guys like Jeff Thomas, who has who needs to continue building his resume per se because he hasn't had the greatest season in the world, but he can eat on a team like this because he can get behind guys. And that that play action game, if that play action game gets going with a healthy Jaron Williams just spinning it, because what I saw against Florida State says Jaron's healthy now. And he's, I think he wants to open it up a little bit. I think he's tired of being uh, Mr. Conservative, and I think he wants to let it loose a little bit. And we see what we can do when the running game is kind of running, just kind of going well. So um, as a plane is going over my house, um, I think you had this. Is that, sa- is that the same plane that went over your house? Because, yeah. Um, I mean, we don't live that far apart, so hopefully it didn't take two days for that plane <laughs> to get over there. <laughs> but, yeah, similar situation. Yeah, yeah. So, but, you know, I think that's, this is what you're going to see from this team. And I think if DJ Dallas can get going – uh, very much like he did early in the, the Florida State game, get him going early. Uh, I think this team can really take advantage of a defense that is what I call Swiss cheese. I say open it up because you're going to have to score points to win this game. I don't think that this is going to be a 21-17 to 17 ball game because Louisville is very adept at putting points on the board. So instead of waiting a little bit and then trying to play catch up, I say hit him in the mouth. You know, take deep shots. Let's go. You know, if you, uh, even if you come out in one back and two tights, Mm -hmm. because Miami can do that with Brevin Jordan hopefully being, you know, healthy. Will Mallory obviously is a a player out there as well. Why don't you come out in that formation or with the, that, uh, that personnel, but then go five wide. You know, and we've done that. We've seen that in the opener against Florida. Against Florida. So if you think, oh, Cam, that's not going to happen. We've seen that kind of a thing happen. Now, we, you go and you do a kind of tunnel screen to, uh, to Brevin Jordan on that first drive in the opener and things of that nature. But, like, why don't we, you know, give a pump fake on that, slip a guy, a wide receiver who's stock blocking, slip him up the sideline and then go for that, you know, and just try to hit him over the top. I say open it up, man. You know, we – it's to the point of the year where we're not really holding anything back because we've already played both of our rivals, and now we're just trying to win games. So you don't need to hold whatever that scheme is, whatever that play is that you had in a, in a box in the room for a rainy day and a special situation. 
we're at the point now where they should all be on the table. So I say open it up early. Obviously, you're going to try to run the ball because Danny knows his Danny knows, and you know he's going to call what he's going to call. But yeah, I would say be a little bit more aggressive instead of trying to just control the game and make it a defensive struggle. And then if that doesn't go right, try to play catch up. Don't do that. Get on the good foot. Put the pressure on them. You know, the best way I've always said that that you can make a team back off really quickly, knowing that you have these big uh, sp- and speedy receivers, go play action early. Take deep shots early. Um, it'll open up the run game, if anything. And we know what we have at the running back position, whether it's DJ Dallas, whether it's Cam Harris. Uh, you know, I, I really want to see – I, I wouldn't even be too too opposed to maybe a, come out in two tights, come out in, in some jet sweep action, even if it is from under center. I mean, I, I love talking X's and O's. I'm That's the one thing you'll kind of get used to here, guys, is is the X's and O's game, the, the game within the game, the chess match. Uh, being a former uh, offensive guy, offensive coordinator, uh, it's one of those things that I love that opening 15 play script, it really, it'll tell you a lot about what a team is going to want to do early. And I think Miami has a good chance of really hitting this team in the mouth. Now, special teams, you know, when I look at special teams, I say to myself, um, it, it can be one of those things where your kicker kills you or he doesn't kill you. Uh, Louisville, again, has been in a lot, a few shootouts. I don't think your kicker is going to be a big issue in this one. Maybe Miami's kicker might be something that you may have to worry about. Also, special teams isn't always um, limited to just your kicker. Your punt game, how does that? How does how does their punt game get come into it? Because Manny Diaz, you know what he says. That's the hidden yardage, and Lou Headley has been that guy for us. Uh, how how will their special teams be able to help combat a Lou Headley who's been able to just flip the field and quite honestly he might have have some um, some hardware at the end of the year. Yeah, I mean I think that you know Louisville does decent. I mean again they have speed, so you can find guys to return kicks. You know Tutu Atwell, I see he's returned uh, a punt already this year and has a high average. Hassan Hall on kickoff returns has a touchdown and is averaging thirty nine yards a kickoff return. So. You know, you have guys uh, with the ability and speed in space, you know, and they might not be the tallest guys, but they're fast. So they have the ability for Louisville to do that. Um, and you, so you got to punt away from them, kick away from them, bubble back. So please, all of your kickoffs continue to be, you know, touchbacks. That would be great. And then on the flip side, their punter is pretty good. He's averaging 43 yards a punt. So... You know, they, they have solid, it seems, special teams, not anything that's going to, like, uh, necessarily blow up in their faces. So that means that Miami needs to continue the progression of our special teams getting a little bit better in their performance, uh, as has been seen throughout the course of the year. And, yes, Lou Headley, Miami Hurricanes MVP. I said it. <laughs> MVP. When's the last time you said that a punter will be your team MVP with all the athletes that you see coming in year in and year out? Um, not a lot, but I mean, there's maybe a couple of guys who were in that conversation because Pat O'Donnell was awesome. Mm. You know, you had a but he wasn't ours though. He wasn't ours though. I mean, he was here for a year and he kicked and and he punted for us. Which means this is true. This is true. This is. I'm true. not saying he was. Look, he wasn't homegrown, but I mean, he played here. So 
I mean, I'm counting him. Okay, so okay, so we're we're just welcoming everybody, and I'll take that. I'll definitely. take I mean, that. I'm not necessarily welcoming everybody, but somebody who's that good and you know everything, yeah. and he performs to that standard when he's here. Absolutely, definitely. I mean, because 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 the flip side then is so you're not gonna have anything positive to say about KJ Osborne because he's all, he's not ours either. This you know is what I mean? true. It's like the same and kind I think of thing. He, he might be the offensive MVP this year because without him, Nikosi is is in trouble and. I mean, we saw what he did against Florida State. He is, he is probably he has probably gotten himself at least, at least a look at the NFL as far as being a nice slot receiver because he can, he he has a very sure. He in the beginning he dropped a couple. He had a case of the dropsies early, uh, but he hasn't dropped much of anything lately. So yeah, I could see that too. I mean, but you know, we'll, we can kind of talk about Miami players a little bit later because we have. Tomorrow is Friday, and we uh, we call Friday game day here at Locked On Canes, and we're gonna break everything. We broke down Louisville, but now we're, you guys are we're here to talk Canes tomorrow, and we'll be definitely breaking it down. Offense, defense, special teams, giving our picks. The last two games, I have been wrong, but I have been right because you know we're always here to support the Canes, but you know uh, I'll take I'll take those losses. I'll take them. I'll take them. Uh, but nonetheless, we'll be back here on Friday to break it all, break this whole game down, give our picks. Uh, make sure you go follow us again on social media. Uh, you can follow the show at Locked on Canes on Twitter. Also, you can find myself on Twitter, Fred Purdue CFB and Kemp. Again, let them know where they can find you. At Underwood Sports. And make sure you, again, guys, leave us your comments, your questions for tomorrow's mailbag. Leave it with the hashtag LOC mailbag. We will definitely be answering those. And I might have a bit of a special guest for you guys coming next week, so stay tuned. Until next time, folks, it's all about the you. Go Canes.